0: Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I I don't think I've ever been introduced like that before. Let's get pumped! Woo! Father, thank you so much for your spirit. Thank you for everything, your most excellent plan in bringing everything to fruition. And we stand in, in the freedom of that right now. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for your presence here right now. Thank you for that intimate aspect of your nature where you connect with us, that you comfort us, that you correct us and realign us at the same time. Thank you for your empowerment right now in each life for eyes to be open, ears to be tuned, hearts to be ready to receive. Father, speak. We are listening. I thank you for breakthrough right now, breakthrough anointing and the authority of your word to sink and the seeds to go deep into this good soil of our life. Have your way here today, Father. Mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Shake hands with someone and grab your seeds. I finally got it the right way around. What? No shaking hands. Carol's just reminded me the big bad sheriff's back. COVID, the covid marshal do they need a badge like the covid marshal you know what's going on tell me what moves you hebrews 11:6 tells us exactly what moves god without faith it's impossible to please god even to get onto the first level <laughs> to please him Faith, faith. Hey, um, who's got a favorite scripture? Okay, the rest of you better go looking and find one. And it's, and you, you might say, but all of them are my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You super spiritual people, you. Um, <laughs> But is there one that you just find yourself, you have to, it's an internal dialogue. It's going all the time. you gotta, You got to have it. You know, it, it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. You know, scriptures like that, you know, the old is gone, the new has come. I'm now a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am seated in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. Oh, they're all good scriptures. I've got a favourite one. Ah, oh, thank you. I just wanted to, you know, get a bit of curiosity. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom. And, and, and mind you, Paul and I did not discuss what we were doing until Friday night. But we, he'd already picked the songs and I'd already written my message. So that's not cheating at all. But he said, I feel like we're going to do a warfare thing. And I said, that's interesting because I was talking about freedom and just shaking off the shackles of this self-life and living the spirit life. And, it, and you just go, God, you're talking to us at the moment. It is for freedom that Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah has set us free. I love that. Freedom. Who likes freedom? Yeah. yeah. Is there a bad aspect to freedom? Oh, I love these tricky questions. <laughs> yes, no, I don't know. What are you asking? Where are we going with this? And what's in your head? You know, um, there is actually a bad side to freedom, especially when we've got that instinct of self-life, that, that flesh life in us that wants to go after what it goes after, because then we can use our freedom to indulge in all types of behaviour. But the Word of God says no. Paul here is speaking to the Galatians. They were a group of, I spelt it wrong, T-I-O-N, not T-I-A-N. It's meant to be T-I-A-N. Is it? Yeah. I'm getting all Galatianal. It's <laughs> That's funny. Stand firm. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Mm. Stand. It's not a sitting thing. It's not a laying thing. It's a standing thing. When you've got freedom, you need to stand firm then. It's not something to relax in. Freedom isn't just something you go, finally, I'm free. (sighs) Actually, when I was thinking about rest during worship, so many people say, I wish I could get a rest. And it's like, no, 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 no. You've got to take a rest. You've actually got to organise a rest. You're not just going to get a rest. You're not going to be like walking along, oh, there's a rest. (laughs) Beauty, I'll keep that for later. No, no, you've got to take a rest. You've got to actually, and not only that, how many people have to calm themselves so that they can rest? I remember my niece Annalise says, you know, sleeping, it's the only thing that you do where you fake it until it happens. Like, you don't get into bed and start singing straight away. Well, maybe you do, but, um, you know, you don't get into bed and start. No, you get into bed and you pretend like you're going to sleep. You know, you snuggle up and you get all, especially at the moment, who's enjoying the cooler nights? Yeah, you snuggle up and you just wait. You're pretending to be asleep until it happens. And you don't know when it's happening because it just, Turns up and next thing, it's bright again the next morning. But this isn't something that we just relax into or pretend into, but it's something with a nuance of that to it. It is for freedom that Jesus set us free. So stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by any yoke of slavery. That's not yoke as in an egg. That's yoke as in a wooden big thing that got hung around your neck that it was attached to a weight or to something that you then had to drag for the rest of your life. A beast of burden had a yoke on its neck that it had to drag a plough or drag a millstone or do some form of work. We are not designed to carry the baggage of our life through for the whole of our life. It will wear us out. But what Paul's talking about here is a yoke of slavery that they're imposing on themselves. So he's writing to the church at Galatia. Galatia does not exist anymore. Galatia is actually Turkey, the region of Turkey. It was known back then as Anatolia. And so the Galatians were a group of Gauls from, they were Celtic Gauls from Europe, from France, and they believe possibly from the the British Isles It came across and then spread all the way down through Europe. They, they started around 400 BC just emigrating across Europe and they, they came down and they went through um, Dalmatia. Dalmatia is an interesting place. They fought in Dalmatia for one of the kings there. Who knows where, what's significant about Dalmatia? Spotted dogs. Dalmatians. here. Is part Dalmatian because Dalmatia is now Croatia I like Dalmatia better Zach's a mongrel he's part Dalmatian (laughs) and he was so generous to me I love you Zach thank you so much for everything you are and all you are to us the joy that you bring the light that you shed, all that. Yeah. <laughs> Freedom. Don't come into slavery any longer. These Galatians came right down, they went into into Greece. They were a warring warrior nation and they they were mercenaries. And they would go in, they would serve a king, they would fight a war. They came down, they fought with the Macedonians, they fought with the they, they joined the um the Thresh, the Thracians. Who knows any of these, you know, um, I, Spartacus, the story of Spartacus, the the um, gladiator that rebelled against Rome and, and nearly brought down Rome. He was a Thracian. So this guy, um, these guys came down through... And and came all the way down until they fought for these guys. And this is over a few hundred years, but they were turning up right around the time that God had stopped speaking to Israel. And then they started moving down into Israel just at a time when Jesus was coming. And it's it's a significant time. But these guys, okay, he's writing to the Galatian church. So these guys, their history was as they were coming down, they were warriors, they were fighting, they were they were earning money for for killing people and for plundering and, and for you know just taking stuff off people and they realize we need a land of our own we need a civilization about we want to build our own empire they see the greek empire and they're going this is pretty good now this is the time of philip of macedonia who was alexander the great's father so he was killed it's actually interesting that the knife that was used to kill philip um, of macedonia which is alexander the great's father was actually a celtic gaulish galatian knife so these guys were in on the plot somewhere i don't know but they were warriors but what they did was when they came close to the greek empire they went that's really good they've built these big cities they've got all this whole empire thing going on and they're moving and shaking we want to be like them so they started becoming hellenized which was after the hellenistic um Greek model and they started becoming more centralized to the way that the Greeks did things and the term and I they were Hellenistic <laughs> sometimes our life can be hell <laughs> you know but these guys were following that model but keeping some of their practices from their life they kept their, their new moon festivals. They kept all their, you know, seasonal changes and, and all these pagan rituals. And some of them didn't even know why they were keeping them. They've been in this country for new, new regions for hundreds and hundreds of years, but they were still keeping the old patterns, but they wanted, they saw something better and they wanted to adopt that. So they became Hellenistic and they became very um, Greek modeled in the way that they did things. That shifted when the message of Jesus came and they, they embraced the gospel wholeheartedly. But at this point, um, Paul's speaking to them and says, you are set free by Jesus and it's for freedom. But you guys are going back into slavery. And what he's talking about there is these, there were this bunch of Jews that now they said, well, if you want to be, a, if you're a, um, what's the term, Gentile, thank you. You didn't say anything, but thank you. Um, Gentiles, then if you want to be a believer in Jesus, then you've got to become a Jew to be then a follower of Jesus because you've got to follow the religion that Jesus followed, which is the Jewish religion. And and so they started adopting these things. Now, the one that Paul really got ticked about was the entry level one with the promise to Abraham about circumcision. So these guys were able to talk, these warrior nations... Into having a snip just to make you know, how do they talk these guys into it? If you really want to be a follower of Jesus, then we're going to take the most intimate part of you and we're going to savagely brutalize it, and then you'll be okay. Paul said, Don't do that. Now, you might think that's a crazy thing to do. They actually bought it, they ate it up with a spoon and said, Yes, please, I'm next in line just wash the knife. I don't know. Like. But Paul said, don't do it. Because even if you allow this little bit, because they were just seeing the life and wanting to take it on. Oh, that's a good part. That's a good part. They wanted that. They were, they were still bringing everything else with them, but they were grabbing hold of stuff that was actually, they thought was going to make a difference. It's not so much different to us. We carry stuff from our past we, we have the privilege, as these Galatians did, of knowing Jesus, of being filled with the Spirit, of walking with the Spirit and having encounters with the Spirit of God. This is all open to us. But these guys were saying, no, there's got to be something more. I, it can't just be all this free to us. There must be something else I have to do to make this happen. And the Jews said, glad you ask. You need to have the chop. You need to chop that off. So the women, they just walk in. The men crawl in, limping. You know, like, ladies, I, I cannot explain to you how painful this is. Like, thank you. Uh, move on. I'm just trying to express, you know, this deep-seated what it was actually. <laughs> thank you, Linda. So, um, where were we? So they were adopting new models of stuff that they saw that was good now it sort of makes me think about things like why did they think this was a good idea why were they talked into this it was because for some reason it comforted them it it made them feel like yes I'm doing something that's so valuable to me and it's costing me so much that this is actually what's doing it but Paul said don't do that because if you let this, even this little bit, (laughs) this little bit in, then it's like yeast that once it gets in there, it's a bacteria and it will just go through the whole lot. Our human nature is just like that. The, The reason that God used yeast is because we are like that. We can just get a little bit in us and then we'll just spiral out of control, just letting this yeast work through our lives. And And it's very true in so many areas of our life. So Paul said to them, don't do it. Now, just before Galatians 5, where this scripture, I I have this going in my head all the time. Whenever a fearful thought or whenever an anxious thought or whenever a a Stephen opinion or any of that stuff comes in, I, I have to remind myself, hey, 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 it's for freedom. It's for freedom. You need to be free in this. You can't be bound up by anything of this planet or anything of this pattern of this world because even though you might be worrying about something good, the worry is not going to achieve anything for you. And in fact, it's doubt. You're applying faith to the wrong thing and and it, it disempowers God in our life. And he wants to be seated in a high place in our life. Not disempowered, but actually elevated and given authority in our life. So... Paul um, speaks to these guys and he talks about, he, here's a great one, in, in Galatians three five. I don't know if we've got this, I don't think we've got this on the board, but it says, we do, can we just, Darcy, can we thank Darcy for doing a, my goodness, I come in, a, I, I want to sidle up to her at about five minutes to nine and say, hey Darcy, I've got my scriptures here. And she goes, Oh no, no, I'm going. You're so wonderful. You look lovely today. Um, and she just goes to it and makes it happen. So beautiful. Let me ask you again what does, listen to the terminology here, lavish supply of the Holy Spirit in your life and the miracles of God's tremendous power have to do with keeping religious law? The Holy Spirit is poured out upon us through the revelation and power of faith it's not in the acts it's in the appropriation of faith this is a tough one faith it's an easy one but it's a tough one because until you step into faith you don't get faith no one realizes they actually have faith until they use faith people say I don't have faith at all it's like yes you do and I go no I don't and I'm going you're sitting on a chair who thought that was going to hold you You did. You trusted. You had faith that that is a chair. That's what its purpose is. You sat down on it without even thinking, is this going to collapse? Am I going to end up with my legs in the air and looking very inappropriate in this moment? Same way, trust in God. He's not going to pull a chair out from under you. He's not going to knock you over. He's not going to take out your legs from under you. He actually wants to elevate you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to build you. He wants you to be running free. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> young and free. So Paul makes this statement, it's the power of faith. Then he goes into talking about Abraham and says, guys, Abraham was the father of faith. Let me tell you a little bit about him. See, he believed. God came to him and said, I, I'm, I want to do this with your life. And he said, yes. He just said, yes, I believe. And God says, because you had faith, because you believe, it's going to be credited to you as righteousness. This is before Jesus. This is before, the, this is 400 years before Moses received the law on Mount Sinai. And God says, You are righteous. And not only that, through you, every nation is going to be blessed. Through you is going to come the Messiah, the seed, the child that's going to come through you, that's going to impact everyone. It's going to come through you. But then what happens is that our behavior. <laughs> Human behaviour, oh my goodness. If you could write a book, well, there have been plenty of them. One of them is the Bible and it brings out so much about the human nature because even Israel, the new God, the new his ways, that God says don't practice that behaviour of those type of people and follow the acts of these God worship and all that. Don't, Don't get into that sort of revelry. Do you know what the Israelites did? Ah, Moses is up on the mountain. Have a party. Let's do it. And it wasn't just a party, fun, fun, balloons and whistles. It wasn't. They were getting into some serious revelry there. Not good revelry. It was bad revelry. And so God brought a law in. And it was the law so that they could have a good life. The promise was given to Abraham. But then the law came in to keep Israel intact until the messiah could be born then the messiah released us from the guardianship of the law that was given to us to try and keep us in keep Israel intact for the messiah to come through untainted free of sin ready to be the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world so abraham is the father of faith and and this is the story right before galatians 5 it is for freedom where he says this to the church at galatia but right before it he tells a story about two different sons and these are abraham's sons galatians 4 22. this is right before it is for freedom i don't think i have taken notice of this part of of galatians 4 before 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 but um i am now and to right now i bring it to you for your consideration Have you forgotten that Abraham had two sons? This is the Passion Translation. It is beautiful. One by the slave girl and the other by the free woman. Please don't get caught up on there's a single mum here that has to get chucked out because she's got the wrong baby. And Don't, don't look at that. She got cared for. She was looked after. But it's a, it's a tough story because of that perspective. Verse 23, Ishmael, the son of the slave girl, was born by the natural realm. Now, if you don't know the story, Abraham was promised that you're going to have a son. And through that son is going to produce a nation that is going to impact the world. And everyone's going to be blessed through your seed. That's Jesus. But also the promises that were given to Israel. Because we're now of our father Abraham. It's interesting, we're not now of our father Moses. The law were of our father Abraham of faith. It's not the law; it's the faith that God that moves God's heart. So it, there was Ishmael, and then there was Isaac. So um, these two women and their sons express an allegory, or this is like a yeah. It, it, it's just a figuratively speaking, a metaphor for the two symbols of the covenant. The first covenant was born on Mount Sinai, birthing children into slavery. Children born to Hagar. For Hagar represents the law given at Mount Sinai in Arabia. The Hagar metaphor corresponds to the earthly Jerusalem today. So Jerusalem was the promised city of God that, that they lived in. Jerusalem, the, the city of God's peace, that they... Um, but they were still in captivity. They were still in bondage. They were living in the city of promise, but still under bondage. They hadn't received the freedom. Sometimes we can be sitting right in that position, under bondage, but in freedom, in the promise, and we can't see it. I'm praying we have our eyes open. And then it says in verse 26, In contrast, there is a heavenly Jerusalem above us. Not just the earthly Jerusalem that's over on on the um in Israel at the moment this is talking about a heavenly Jerusalem above us which is our true mother she is the free woman birthing children into freedom now you look at that and you go okay I can't quite get my head around that I wish I had like a felt pad thing with little pictures that I could stick to it like I got when I was in Sunday school I could really make this thing groove for you but you're going to have to use your brain meats and use your imaginies. you know So Hagar, the promise that was, um, like Hagar just had a baby because she was told to. She got chucked into Abraham's bed and she was a slave. So, you know, Sarai said, Abram, we're not having a kid through me. Look how old and wrinkled and weathered I look. She spoke like that. That's not my opinion. I never saw her. And she said, but you can have a child through Hagar so they attempt that but that's in the natural because God had already spoken the word you will have a child through Sarah and through Sarah you will have this child that you know is going to produce this outcome nations and nations and the the and he takes him out of the tent and says see the stars in the heaven you'll have more kids than that and even when the sky isn't dark you'll have the sand on the sea and the sand in the desert to show you this is what your nation's going to be like this is what your offspring is going to be like it is going to be countless so um the heavenly Jerusalem okay oh it's really hard to sort of try and I know what I've got in my head but getting it out my mouth um see he's not just making this as a nice pretty picture to paint for the Galatian church so he hopefully woo them into a little bit of you know okay I'll listen to you Paul but he doesn't do that he comes in swinging a big bat he's like what the heck are you doing who cut in on you why you were running such a good race who's bewitched you have I wasted my time has my labor all been in vain this is his one and only record of writing to the Ephesian, oh, sorry, the Galatian church, and he's really firm with them. So me, if someone said Gee, uh, Stephen, I've, I've accepted Jesus my Lord and say so I've been uh, baptised and I've been um, filled with the Spirit, but I think I really feel I'm going to need to be circumcised. I'll go, mate. You are committed. Oh, come with you to the, we're doctors, you know, oh, I'll be there for you because that's, that's a big commitment. But Paul says, no, 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 don't do it. Don't even let this little bit of the old life come in to the new life of freedom that you have in Jesus and I want, to, I want to encourage us, that is the same for us today. The message that's going to, don't let the old life and stuff that's come in from your old path, don't let your old model of comforting yourself and coping mechanisms that you've had in your life come into this. Oh, don't worry, the new moon festival's coming up. We'll have a good time then. You know, oh no, the, this season's coming up or that. Oh no, he, he said, don't live in that old model. Live in this new model. And even though he's telling them about Jerusalem, which they really don't have a history of, they're a a Gentile nation. They don't have the history. They don't know who the heroes are. They don't know what David did. They don't know all these types of things and who the prophets were and all that. They don't know most of this. But he says to them, Jerusalem is such an important part. But it's not the earthly Jerusalem. It's the Jerusalem from above. Now he's drawing on so much scripture just to tell this little story. He's talking about God's plan for the new Jerusalem that's coming down out of heaven that we read in Revelation. It says, and I saw the new Jerusalem coming down like a bride prepared beautifully for her groom. And I was thinking, wait a minute, that's us. We're the bride being prepared beautifully for our groom. Jesus is the groom coming back to take his bride. We are the beautiful bride of Jesus. So how can Jerusalem coming down at the end of the age but well it's not at the end of the age it's actually right now we can be birthing or having the mother of the spirit Jerusalem birthing free children in our life right now and you might go what what are you talking about? no no birthing freedom in your life right now that's why Jesus said pray like this your kingdom come your will be done kingdom of heaven come here and now and i saw heaven and earth pass away former things are gone everything's been made new and I saw Jerusalem coming down from heaven and God says I will now be with your God and you will be my people and I will live with them and I'll wipe away every tear from their eye and there'll be no more mourning or death or sorrow or weeping and you're like wow that's coming at the end no that's now That's not just coming at the end of the age. We now say your kingdom come, your will be done. We can have Jerusalem birthing life in us right now. We can be be the bride being prepared right now. And he's trying to speak all this into the church of Galatia, even though they don't know half of the stuff that's going on. But they accept it. But it's not just for the Galatians. It's for us because we're human too, just like them. Even though we didn't come through Dalmatia, woof, and go fighting all the Greeks and everything on the way and through Bulgaria and all that, they came. We're we're here in Australia. Now, we've all come from different nations because most of us weren't birthed here or our lineage doesn't come from Australia. But we are here now. We are humans here now. How do we bring the kingdom of heaven here right now? Paul goes on to say... oh. I've got my Bible open, but I'm reading out of the Passion Translation because it's passionate. Ephesians 5. So it goes on, it is for freedom. And then he says, let me emphasize this. As you yield, this is verse 16. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, pause. What does that statement mean to you? As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. How often do I yield to that dynamic life? Or do I try and impose my perspective of life onto the Holy Spirit's perspective that he's trying to get me to see? because it says here, as you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, I had to say it again, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. Now that word self-life is, the I think it sucks. No, it doesn't suck. It's the word sucks. You've got no idea how much joy that gave me to say that, because it was like a joke, but not. Because in my head, it was a joke, but in your head, it, It's not. (laughs) The word is sarks. So many times we represent that as the sinful nature, according to the sinful nature. But it's not. It's just our flesh. It's our natural disposition for us wanting naughtiness in our life. I don't know what it is. We're just like a child. You never have to tell them to say no. They learn it like that. Do this. No. Where'd you learn that? (laughs) Kids never need to be taught how to be bad. Well, I didn't. I I was a natural, (laughs) straight off the bat. So it goes on to say (laughs) this self life. This behaviour that we're in. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. So when we crave things that are actually offend the Holy Spirit, we hinder his life power in our existence. We, the freedom that we've got gets taken away. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings... Oh, listen to the terminology. The Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So... So it says, so then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life and the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. The self-life of your flesh and the new creation life of your spirit. We've got these two battles all the time. We always think, no, it's somebody else's fault that I'm battling. No. This is a conflict within us right now. And it's a battle that never goes away. You're like, oh, that's a bit disappointing. No, but it's a battle that affords great victories. It's a battle that affords great dominance and and overriding things in your life. And you say, no, God is able. I used to have an issue with this, but God is able. I am free from that now because I just adjusted a little thing in my life. And we get caught up on it and it's like the wickedness and the evilness of of sin and all that. It's like, no, no, this is just the natural way. Just because it's natural doesn't make it right. Okay? It's the natural way that our body, but we're not nature. We are creation. See, the natural side of it is just like, oh, it's just going to decay. But it's not. That God's plan is that we go from glory to glory. That's creation, glory to glory. Without people on this planet, it would have existed quite well. But we've been given, put on here to be stewards, to bring heaven to earth. I get to pray for my dog every now and then. When I lay hands on his head and I pray in the spirit to start off, just to to get in touch with my dog and God, my dog, Wolf, he just goes... He just... I'm like, is he slain in the spirit or just a lazy dog? Dog tired, you know, like. (laughs) But I get to represent God to him. He looks at me just like, you're amazing. And I'm like, I am. I'm in the image of God. You're seeing me like a God, you know. We are meant to be good stewards of everything in our life, of our life, of our thought life, of our hands and feet and other appendages so when you yield to the life of the spirit you will no longer be living under the law but you'll be soaring above it it's not that we're going to be lawless no 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 because the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death okay so here we go oh I'm running late is this all right the behavior of the self-life I just thought I'd use these two areas of the the self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. And just to sort of bring home a point. The behavior of the self-life is obvious. And other um, versions say the acts of the sinful nature or the acts of the flesh are obvious. The sexual immorality. See, these, these are the way things start off okay, but then they just spiral. They're actual good desires in our life. They've been put there by God. But then when we actually misappropriate them and use them in improperly or at the wrong time or like the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil wasn't an evil tree it was a good tree and and it wasn't that God wasn't ever not going to let them eat from it but they weren't mature enough to eat from it from that time so he wanted them to grow into maturity before he got them to taste it so that they could comprehend and understand it but they just went ah you know after the fruit got conned don't get conned the behavior of the self-life is obvious. It's sexual immorality, it's lustful thoughts, it's pornography. See, back then they didn't really have an issue with pornography. Like if you took the time to chisel out on a rock, now it's just like and it's like I, I looked up the stats for pornography, and like it is it's in the 40 to 50 percent of all engine searches are pornography. And, and we go, that's atrocious. That's a coping mechanism. Okay, let's just just deal with some stuff here. Everything on this list is a coping mechanism. It's a comforting tool to try and comfort us, to placate us, to make us feel better about the the battle that we've got, to make us feel like we're actually in charge and we're actually winning. We've got control over this. I'm being satisfied. I'm getting what I want. It's actually a bad look. Thank you, Phil Grayling. Chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way. Ooh. Manipulating others, chasing after things instead of God. Is anyone, is anyone convicted yet? No, I, I just go, oh, maybe I should leave some of these out, Stephen, so it doesn't put any pressure on you. Self, senseless arguments. Ah! <laughs> Chose the wrong one. Do you know how many times i've been involved in senseless arguments because my opinion was that i should get my way and and that had nothing to do with the right outcome my way had nothing to do with a prosperous and fruitful outcome it's just what i wanted so then i get into this senseless argument about it halfway through the argument i realize i don't agree with myself anymore but I'm so heavily invested in it I'll just keep arguing until I win my point and then nobody's happy I walk away guilty and shameful I just made her think oh sorry I'm making it sound like I'm arguing with my wife <laughs> wrong wrong we, we never argue no that's a lie um, <laughs> yes senseless arguments yes let's put a label on that senseless arguments who's had them is there anyone that doesn't understand what a senseless argument is? Because uh, you're not going to really appreciate this, but I am well-versed in senseless arguments. When I read that you'll be judged for every idle word that you speak, I went, no, 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 <laughs> oh, no, I had so much. It's a new day. It's a new day. I can't go back and change everything. I can just start right here and start my journey afresh. And to be honest, this is what this is all about. So when Hagar had the baby, the baby of Ishmael was contending with the, which was the child of slavery, was contending with the child of the spirit, which was Isaac. He wanted to take his, um, his birthright and everything like that. So God said, you've got to expel the slave child. You've got to expel the slave mentality from your life you've got to get rid of that perspective altogether and that's what all these things are we're we're slaves to this type of behavior and if we don't deal with it while we're young it doesn't get any better as you get older these things just spiral out of control so a sexual desire turns into sexual immorality if you don't use it properly you know just thoughts of that are like those you know those warm yummy feelings of you know all your oxytocin and serotonin and dopamine are all firing because you see someone that looks attractive and you're like and then you just take it too far somebody made a comment you know what's the difference between just a an appreciative thought and a lustful thought it's about five seconds longer lustful thoughts all these things chasing after things instead of god manipulating others see these are all coping mechanisms and comfort tools hatred of those who get in your way because you're just focused on your way and you're like oh when they cut in on you like why it may be the process that you go through you may learn something off that person let's stop being rational here and just go back to the text senseless argument resentment when others are favored i never do that (laughs) temper tantrums i never do that angry quarrels (laughs) Only thinking of yourself. Well, that's every man on the planet. Come on. (laughs) Being in love with your own opinions. Ditto. (laughs) And quite a few women. You know who you are. Um, Being envious of the blessings of others. Murder. See, Jesus said, Scripture says, don't commit murder. I say, don't even have hatred in your heart. See, Jesus was dealing with the core of it, whereas The law only dealt with the outcome of it. Jesus dealt with the root of it. Before it turns into murder, snip it off when it just becomes a bad thought about someone. I hope they they get their just desserts. Don't ever wish that on somebody. Last time I did it, (laughs) the last time I did it, the Holy Spirit just went... Because this person drove past me speeding or doing something crazy on the road. All the idiots come out when I'm driving. (laughs) And I went, oh, Lord, I, thought I was only an, a police officer right now to get there. And then I immediately thought, Stephen, you've made mistakes on the road. If you wish this on somebody, do you realize the measure you use to judge others will be used on you? Straight away, I snipped it in the butt. I said, sorry, Holy Spirit, I'm listening. I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. No idle words here. No idle words being envious of other blessings, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, see the Israelites got into that, and all other similar behavior. If you don't have yours in there, Paul just wraps it up and says, and all other similar behavior. He goes on to say, haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven? As Jerusalem is being beckoned as it's being wooed from heaven, let your kingdom come, yes, as we apply an aspect of it to our life in dealing with the, the sexual immorality and lustful thoughts and saying, God, I want to honor you with my thoughts, I want to honor you with, instead of senseless, I want to honor you with my mouth, instead of resentment, I want to honor you with my thoughts, my mindsets about others, tempered, no, I want to honor you, God, I don't want to have these things in my life, because it says here, haven't I warned you already that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God, we want the kingdom realm, realm of god that's where there's freedom but then he changes from behavior to fruit see that the carnal nature your self-life will produce behavior in your life that doesn't actually have good fruit it just has consequences to it which are like fruit but they're not fruit That you want to propagate they're not fruit that you want to fertilize it's not fruit that you want to grow big and juicy in your life this is fruit that you want to actually see shrivel up and die you don't want this fruit from this nature coming into your life but it says but the fruit produced by the holy spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions I love this terminology and it says love joy that overflows peace that subdues patience that's, that endures, kindness in action. These are things that are, are like preeminent in our home. Like if, if something steals our joy, we'll, we'll call and say, where's your joy gone? Why have you let your joy go? If they're not being kind, that wasn't very kind. You know, not just calling the bad stuff, but also that was very kind. That was very thoughtful. Identifying it as well. We want this fruit in our life. A life full of virtue. Oh, I was saying to somebody the other day how decency has become very missing from our culture and our, our pattern of life at the moment. Decency is one of those things. It, it's just what, even watching shows on TV or walking up the street, you'll just hear some of the most trashy, you know, vocabulary and, and mindsets. And you just think, where have we gone wrong? Well, it's, it's the se- self-life people are walking around in their self-life comforting trying to cope with life and not realizing that the fruit of that is destroying their life but here's the fruit that actually brings good life joy love peace patience kindness a life full of virtue faith that prevails not just faith for when you need it faith that is part of your life not just when you're expecting something from God but faith that is in your daily walking daily excursions daily just ebbing and flowing and and breathing and speaking of life that faith is there because it is a fruit it's a gift from God but it's also a fruit and what do you do with fruit as I said before you can fertilize it you can grow it when it's a gift you just use it but when it's actually a fruit you can develop it and foster it and prune the branches and make it work so that you get good juicy fruit not dried up fruit but good juicy fruit gentleness of heart and strength of spirit and he puts this warning on he says never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless You know, when when somebody's happy and you go, oh, shut up, you shouldn't be full of so much joy and it's like that. No, you're putting a law on that and saying, no, this is the wrong time to be joyful. It's like, no, joy needs to be in our life because the joy of the Lord is our boom shakalaka. Oh, can you stand with me? Woo, I have really gone over time. I'm so sorry. No, I'm not. I'm really not. (laughs) Did somebody get something out of that? I hope you did break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I want to pray right now because it seems like the right thing to do at the end of a meeting, isn't it? But God's word, when it's, when it's spoken, we need to respond. Now, I don't think there's anybody here that doesn't have a response to this word. Like You just go, "Nah, that's not for me, Stephen miss the mark i know i think everybody in the room here we just go yep know exactly what you're talking about there Steve. don't need to go into it anymore but how do we go into it a little bit more how do we actually deal with these things expel the slavery from your life expel the slavery from your life expel the slavery from your life i'm talking to me as well (laughs) Because this is, I realized that after COVID and and then this year and we start getting rolling and I'm like, I don't know what it is, Lord, but I just, I'm not feeling some things. And he goes, yeah, it's because you've put your eyes somewhere else. You need to get them back on me. You need to get them back. You're looking still, you're you're talking the right talk, Stephen, but you're looking in the wrong places. You're you're still looking to that. And I'm like, I am. He says, you don't have to. You can look to Jerusalem. You can look to my kingdom coming and my will being done. And I'm like, giddy up, Lord, I want that. Father, I just thank you for your spirit here right now. I thank you for your spirit of truth, your spirit of revelation and your spirit of conviction in our life. Holy Spirit, that you're not just someone who makes us feel bad when we do wrong, but you actually give us conviction. You give us a bedrock that we stand on and go, no, this is real. This is real, that is fake. So Holy Spirit, I thank you right now for revealing the truth to us, comforting us in the way that our Father intended as a good Father does. And I thank you right now for revealing to us where we need to deal with some of those behaviours of the self-life because Holy Spirit, we want to let you loose in our life. We want to have you free in our life. We want all the power. We want all the freedom and we want all the miraculous dunamis in our life, that dynamite power that you share so liberally that Scripture talks about. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for the work that You're doing in each one of our lives. I thank You for the revelation of righteousness that You're bringing into each one of our lives. And I thank You that You are calling us to change, to see the Kingdom of Heaven come here on earth, that we can have the Kingdom of Heaven in our homes, in our lives, in our minds, in our families, in our workplace, in our schools, in our conversations. Oh, Your Kingdom come, Father. Your will be done here on earth, just as it is in heaven. Thank you, Father, for the atmospheres of our marriages changing. Thank you, Father, for the atmosphere in our workplace changing. Thank you, Father, for the atmosphere of your holy kingdom realm infecting our lives and infiltrating out into this world. Thank you for making us the light. Thank you for giving us the salt. And thank you, Father, for the freedom that Jesus has set us free for. Oh, Father, I just speak freedom right now. Freedom in situations, freedom where there has been control, freedom where there's been addictions, freedom where there's been bondages, freedom where there's been captivity, freedom where there's been people in prison. Thank you, Father, where worry has consumed. I thank you right now for faith, trust in God that He's going to restore. And even if we don't see it on this side of eternity, God, you are faithful. You are faithful. You have us secure. I speak life, prosperity, favor, and blessing over each household, over each individual. Father, have your way. Have your way. Oh, and we all shout, Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Oh, hallelujah. Thanks for joining today.